Welcome to the podcast. I am Shane Barker, your host of Shane Barker's Marketing Madness Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how you use Facebook Messenger for marketing. My guest, Larry Kim, is the CEO of MobileMonkey, a Facebook Messenger marketing platform. He also founded WordStream, a SaaS platform that offers a suite of cross-platform advertising solutions. Listen to him as he shares some insights about messenger marketing and discusses his entrepreneurial journey. So today, you guys, we have uh, Larry Kim here from Mobile Monkey. also owns a number of other companies we'll probably jump into in regards to the podcast, but we're excited about having you today, Larry. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here, Shane. Absolutely, man. So we usually try to start the podcast off with just kind of asking some basic questions, like just kind of like where you grew up and how big your family is. So like, where did you grow up? I Rumor has it you're Canadian. Yes, I'm from Winnipeg, Canada. So the uh it's famous for being colder than Mars for half the year. So, man, so that's you got to wear your park all the time, huh? It sounds a little chilly. Well, <laughs> if you're born there, you're actually used to it. So, you know, it's not too bad. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And so you, and then how big was your family? I have a two brothers. I'm in the middle. Ah, you're in the middle. Gotcha. And then mom and dad, are they still living in Canada? In Vancouver, it was just too cold. <laughs> they weren't born there. <laughs> ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So they're like, well, listen, they know that that's way too cold. For you guys, you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. Like, this is what you're used to. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. And so tell us like, so living in Canada, obviously, and I think you're obviously you're in the US now. Tell us some interesting facts about growing up and like something maybe somebody wouldn't know about and either growing up in Canada or growing up in your family. What was something unique? So Winnipeg, it's very famous for, uh, I don't know, we have a hockey team called the Jets that never won the Stanley Cup ever. But we also have a lot of mosquitoes so like really 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 big mosquitoes that like cause all sorts of problems look like birds yeah that's actually our provincial bird is the mosquito (laughs) (laughs) no that's funny now i have a question that's kind of crazy so even when it's freezing cold there's mosquitoes oh no no no. there's like a warm summers from like you know june july august Uh september it's like four months of the year it's it's actually pretty hot and then eight months interesting so it's either freezing cold or you're fighting mosquitoes the size of birds potentially you know i actually thought it was a great place to (laughs) to grow up but yeah (laughs) these are some of the strange things that you were asking for so But I think, I think that's kind of awesome though. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, when we say like some of the interesting things about when you live somewhere, you don't really think about it because you just live there, right? It's like, it's like, this is the everyday thing, but I think it's kind of cool. Some interesting facts about that. Like I, it would be a place that I would definitely visit. I've, I've never been there. I've been to Vancouver and been to a few other places in Canada. I mean, I actually really enjoy Canada. I think it's an absolutely beautiful country. I haven't been out there. That might be a little too cold for me, even though I do have a beard, which would make me a little more prepared than some people. We go to like Tahoe. So I live in Sacramento. So we, we go to South Lake Tahoe and I've got some, you know, got the park and all the other fun stuff but i don't know winnipeg that might be another level of coldness i'm pretty sure that would probably that would test me for sure yeah it's uh Tahoe's not cold come on <laughs> no. No, see that's what i'm saying for you you're like that's like that's like mexico like why what do you mean like well you know if for me it's like i've got the boots on and all the other fun stuff for it like i said i i might not make it in in canada if i was in winnipeg i probably would rather fight the mosquitoes during the summertime than the winter time because i would i would be a fragile flower out there i don't know if i'd make it but i'm sure if You'd help me, you know, work it out if we had to. It's not cold if you have the right equipment. So, like, if you're if you're prepared, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's like like being a Boy Scout. I get that. That makes sense. So, where do you live currently? I'm in uh, Harvard Square. That's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm uh, living right next to the Harvard Law School in that area. 
Oh, I'm very familiar with the area. Actually, it's I've been out there quite a few times. God, the amount of colleges out there is absolutely incredible. Like the what is it like the college per square foot? It's like some crazy number in regards to that area. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good amount. It's something like two hundred fifty thousand students are here, so it's 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 a lot of a lot of students. I was going to say. So, what brought you to Cambridge? So, when I graduated, I just thought America. It was a little bit more entrepreneurial. Well, I mean. That's not to say Canada isn't entrepreneurial, but I just thought I might have a better chance at, you know, pursuing my, you know, entrepreneur dreams in America. And and so I, I moved to here and actually immigrated a few years ago, like back in um, 2011. So Nice. And then are you a, you a Boston fan? You're like with all the sports and everything? Uh, <laughs> I know, I know oh. up here, it's like if you don't like Boston, you either like Boston, it's like you're either with us or you're against us. Like it's Oh, yeah. I actually came here in 2001. And prior to that, we hadn't won a national title in a sporting thing since the 70s or something like this. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we just started winning everything. So, you know, I've never seen this, this city lose. <laughs> it's crazy. They just keep winning all those different sport titles. Do you think they keep winning because you came there? Do you think you were a pivotal point for that? I do think that I'm lucky, so yeah. it's weird. But yeah, I, I believe in luck. So Yeah, I'm a huge fan of luck. I try to get as lucky as possible whenever I can. It's definitely a, a variable in my, in my equation for success is luck is one of the big ones. So where did you go to college? Did you go to college in the U.S. or was it in Canada? Uh, in Canada. It's called the University of Waterloo. It's like a an engineering school for nerds. It was a four-year electrical engineering program. It was it was challenging, but yeah, that was it was. I can't even spell engineering. You went to the school there, so so how is that? So electrical. And that's interesting, especially with so your background is electrical engineering, and then how did you jump? In? I mean, we got Mobile Monkey, and we've got you know WordStream, got all these these businesses. How did you? How was that transition? Like, I mean, I you would think like electrical engineering, and what did your parents think? You're like, oh, they're like, oh, he's gonna be an electrical engineer. This is awesome. And you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. And they're like, oh, this is awesome. Go, Larry, go. Like, what was the what the family think? You know, first of all, your first question was just transitioning from engineering to marketing. That's not a big deal because if you think about it, like every software engineer builds software in some industry that's outside of the software industry, you know, like, so you might building like, I don't know, travel software or financial software, you know, so I just happened to pick marketing software, but that's normal. You have to, software is very orthogonal, right? You apply it to different industries and just apply it to marketing. In terms of the um, parents and stuff like that, you know, I think they wanted me to work at, you know, Microsoft and like I had an offer from from Microsoft, which was a big deal back then. Um, actually still is, but um, I turned those down and did something more entrepreneurial, I think, but they were okay with it. Actually, my mom's a piano teacher and is, you know, she understands the self-employment and, and entrepreneurship yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's the point is like, Hey, this is my journey. And this is what I want to do. Like I'll be successful, whatever I do. I just got to grind it out like everybody else and make it happen. Pretty much. Awesome. 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 So tell us a little bit. So you have WordStream. I mean, I know today I, I we're really, I mean, I really want to kind of focus on Facebook messenger hacks, right? For 2020 is, is the goal of this. Tell us a little bit WordStream because you had WordStream obviously, and I think you've sold that company since then, correct? Yeah. I uh, started WordStream about 10 years ago, literally working out of a bakery, uh, called Panera Bread. And, uh, you know, it was like free Wi-Fi and free uh, soda refills and all that stuff. But, you know, we able to grow the business from literally nothing to over 300 employees today, uh, you know, managing over a billion dollars of ad spend for tens of thousands of customers worldwide. 
It's the world's biggest pay-per-click marketing software company. And that was a very exciting journey for my first business. And um, I sold it last year to Gannett, which is the parent company of USA Today. They have a digital marketing arm. They paid $150 million for the company. And, you know, that was pretty exciting and trying to see if we can do this again uh, with my new company, uh, Mobile Monkey. So did you, when you sold the company, did you go to your wife's parents and tell them, see, I told you this was the right decision. <laughs> was there any, any kind of conversation like that at Christmas or anything like that? Or did you just let the, let the amount that you sold it for speak for itself? You know, <laughs> Asians are very proud people. They, they haven't even mentioned it. So uh, the problem, it'll probably never come up. <laughs> yeah. So. You don't have to. When you fly into Christmas in your helicopter, I think at that point, then they're going to say, you know what? I think Larry made a good decision by by doing that and starting that up. But congratulations, being facetious, but congratulations on your success there. That's that's nothing to, what you built there is absolutely phenomenal. So congratulations on that. You know, I should be thanking them because I probably had like this huge chip on my shoulder from, you know, from their like mistreating me all these years that it really, really motivated me to not fail. <laughs> There we go. That's hey. Sometimes that's what it takes. You know, the the parents and the and the the other side of the parents. That sometimes that's what it takes. A little bit of push and knowing that you got to look them in the eyes at Christmas and you're like, you still taking care of my little girl? <laughs> yes, I'm still taking care of your little girl. She's doing good. I promise. And we'll be fine now. <laughs> That's awesome. How did your transition start from like, obviously from WordStream to Mobile Monkey? Was that kind of a two projects that were going at the same time? Oh, no, you can't do that. Because um, when you're working for a company, all the ideas and the, the, you know, all the technology that you build belongs to the company, even if it's your company. So you have to kind of resign from one and then start a new thing. And, you know, we were getting to my 10th year there and the company was being kind of packaged for a sale process. And I just figured, you know, I, I don't need to be around for the next 10 years. You know, like the kind of companies made it and my specialty is, is more in the early formation of, of early traction and all this stuff. And, and you know, we brought in a capable management team that can, you know, continue to grow the company for the foreseeable future but you know I, I basically left as a um, as an operator so as a uh, like an employee of the company yeah. about a year prior to the acquisition gotcha awesome and so that that was at that point when you started doing mobile monkey and you said I mean how about this when you sold the company did you take a little time off you go a little vacation you go someplace you didn't did you not, no no not even a day just jumped into the next thing you know I didn't know whether or not the company would be sold like I like we had hoped that it would be sold yeah. but like I was still like you don't make a lot of money as a just as a software executive, like a founder, you know? They don't like to, the investors don't like to pay out too much money because they want you to be like really busting your ass to uh, grow the business and everything. They don't want to kind of lose your um, your appetite for, for work. So, so I just jumped into the next thing. And, and um, in hindsight, if I knew this thing was going to sell for that much, like probably, yeah, I should have taken some time off, but I didn't. So whatever. <laughs> there we go. Always going on to the next project. Uh, Larry Kim does not, does like, hey, I just made a few million or whatever it was. Hey, I'm still going on to the next thing. I mean, I, I mean, that's, but that's your mentality. That's your work ethic, right? For you, it's like, I mean, probably once again, you said maybe if you would have known that, you know, you would have taken a few weeks off, but I think that makes sense. You, you know, you probably had a little brainchild of thinking about mobile monkey and what it means or Facebook Messenger and how it was going to play into everything. And I know that you've gotten some really good traction from that. Why don't you kind of talk to us a little bit about Mobile Monkey and the, like how you came up with the idea and kind of what you were looking at? What made you start the company? So it's just a personal challenge. Like I pay myself a dollar a week for a salary and it's not, I'm not working for just to make money and I'm 
working to have an impact on businesses. I'm, I'm working to to see if it's possible to build a you know substantially bigger company in in perhaps five or six or seven years instead of ten years. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of my new project. It's in the Facebook Messenger marketing space. Although we do hope to expand to other messaging channels. And basically, what attracted me to the space is if you think about marketing, a lot of the success is based on jumping on the next growth marketing channel. You know, like Facebook ads were like super cheap, like, you know, six years ago and AdWords was super, super cheap, like 15 years ago and so on. So it's like, like you just kind of just, you know, this stupid game is played. You have to go where the engagement is. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then, you know, podcasts or infographics or Facebook groups or whatever, you know, so I just thought this, this was a promising marketing channel with enormously high engagement rates. And I thought, you know, this is crazy. Like, why isn't anyone using this? Um, You know, because... I think it's very powerful. And actually, I know why people aren't using it. It's because it's complicated and you have to learn a bunch of stuff. And so, you know, my hope is to just kind of simplify this stuff and and foster greater adoption for messaging and marketing for marketers. Yeah. So how did you guys come up with the with uh, the company named Mobile Monkey? Was there something, what was the premise behind that? Uh, I didn't want to call it like Chat Monkey or something like this because like, I do think that we... Like, I think messaging is a very important technology, but I think messaging is just a communication channel. I think that there's still a lot of work to be done in reimagining a lot of the marketing channels that we have that were designed sort of in a desktop era. I think they need to be kind of reimagined and implemented in a mobile first world. And so I didn't want to call it like chat monkey or something like this because I thought that, you know, we can build a platform here, you know, in time that's broader than just messaging and chat. It would be like, I don't know, MailChimp today, they've actually expanded to like CRMs and all these other landing page software and, and, and all this other stuff. But they kind of put the name mail in their name, like MailChimp. So I was just trying to think a little bit broader than just the immediate solution that we're working on like right now, you know? Yeah, and I think that's important because you don't, you know, you come up with a, a great name, you're like, this is awesome and, until it gets to a certain point and then you need to branch <laughs> out from that, right? You're like, oh shoot, I've got mail in the name and now I've got a, I'm doing a CRM and people are going to just think we're a mail platform. It's like, how do you break out of it other than rebranding and trying to like, which is a costly thing and you know it's like or do you start another company and then it's not i don't know it's it's that's always a difficult one it's like i i see that when people will you know put together some kind of a company and it's like anyways they'll have like their their city name in there and it's like yeah but what do you, you know like i give you an example so we do i also flip properties i flip real estate right and here in sacramento and so we were gonna we didn't want to call it like sacramento flippers right because then what happens when we go to los <laughs> angeles right what happens when i want to go to like like new york like it's so it's like what do you yeah, it has to be something general enough but you don't think about that until you're knee deep and then all of a sudden people are like why would i you know invest in sacramento flippers when i'm in san diego and i'm like well we do san diego as well and then you got to kind of explain that so i like the fact as mobile monkey makes sense right mobile is always going to be round. That's the, the hot thing. It's, you know, it's going to be, you know, more and more because people are using their phones more and more. And, and who doesn't love a monkey, right? I mean, at the end of the day, so it's like, they're very popular in marketing. There's like survey monkey. There's like, <laughs> like MailChimp. Yeah. They're, they're everywhere. So, you know, who doesn't like a good monkey? I mean, I, I, I kudos to the name. I'm, I, I like mobile. I've never owned a monkey like bubbles and Michael Jackson on a monkey. I think he owned a monkey. I think his name was bubbles. Yeah. I mean, that's who knew, but Awesome. And so what is your, what is your role at the company? Like what is usually your role in these companies? I mean, obviously I know you're, you're the owner, but like, what is like, what would be like you said on the daily basis, these are the things that I do for mobile monkey. 
Oh, so I'm the CEO of the company. My friend and colleague, Brian Halligan, describes, he's the CEO of HubSpot. He, he describes the role of a CEO as a bus driver. You have to get people on the bus, like all the, the team and the passengers. You have to figure out where the bus is headed. Uh, so that's like the, 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 the strategic vision and the, the, you know, the roadmap. Uh, and you also need to make sure that the bus doesn't run out of gas. So that's uh, like fundraising, making sure that the company is profitable. So I thought that was actually a pretty good description. Mostly my efforts are these days focused on uh, the product design and software development and you know, marketing of the product. There's other aspects like running the company and the finances and the customer support and customer success. So it's running a business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than what you did at WordStream. It's just now you've got and I mean, that's what I, I think kind of touched on that. It was like, hey, you'd like to bring this to IPO or whatever it is in five or six years, right? Because now you have that learning curve that isn't going to be as crazy because you've learned it over the last 10 years. And you know, I think that's always, you know, once again, you can apply that to, you know, the next business concept. And I think it's that's what you're doing right now. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, mistakes are very costly. And hopefully I'll, I'll have learned what not to do. And, you know, and just by staying on the correct track and knowing all the buttons to press, well, hopefully that'll result in a, a stronger outcome. Like, like, I mean, I don't mean to beat myself up or anything, but like $150 million. I mean, it's it's a good outcome. I only raised $20 million, but like, it's not like a unicorn. And I'm kind of obsessed with unicorns, which are like these, you know, billion dollar outcomes. And, you know, it would just be cool to be able to actually um, create a unicorn of my own you know, rather than just, you know, dreaming about like this kind of stuff. So for you, is it less about the money and more about the unicorn? You want that unicorn status? You want like the unicorn tattoo? Well, you know, it's just goals, you know, it's, I mean, it's not the end of the world if it, if it doesn't happen, but like, it would be meaningfully, you know, if that was possible, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, why do you do what you do, Shane? Like, yeah, I get it. I mean, there's, what I love about it is that, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, if they've ever seen your presentations, you like unicorns. <laughs> That's projection. Show. So I'm like, I love it. I'm like, really every like, I had a unicorn. Like, I'm like, this guy, he loves unicorns. Like I think, and then now when you talk about unicorns, I just tied that in. I was like, wow. I mean, be honest with, with the audience. Do you have a unicorn tattoo? Okay no, you no, you sure? I have hundreds of, of of like posters and toys and baby stuff and clothing, but uh, like people mail me this stuff from like all over the world. But uh, I do not have a unicorn tattoo yet. Okay, well, and you said yet, so that means there's there's only time will tell. So that's good. I think you should come home. Let me know what your wife. I don't know your wife, but if you come home with a unicorn tattoo anywhere on your body, let me know how your wife reacts to that because I know my wife would go, "You did what? What?" A unicorn? Like, why a unicorn? I'm like, I don't know, because I talked to Larry, and he likes unicorns, and I want to have a billion-dollar company, so what do you do? I started putting those in my presentations, and I go get the unicorn tattoo. That's the way to do it. It's just like, it's a visualization technique. So like, you know, athletes and, you know, they'll kind of visualize like winning something or whatever. And, you know, it's just, I told you, I believe in luck. You've tied that thing in there. Like we know that you want that unicorn. Like there's nobody that I can think of that wants the unicorn more than you that has made it visually possible to see than you. Like I, I, and it's funny, I really didn't put two and two together when we were talking about this. And I thought, oh my God, wait a second. I remember seeing like a webinar or something you had done. And I was like, there was a unicorn in everything. And I'm like, wait a second, there's got to be a tie in there. So that's awesome, man. Well, hey, I mean, there's no better way. I mean, other than a tattoo, because then you'd see it every single day. But I'm not like, I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just saying there's there's levels to it. And I think you're you're at that the highest level. So I look forward to an IPO with Mobile Monkey. And then how about this? When you guys go IPO, 
I'll come out and get a unicorn tattoo with you. <laughs> oh, I mean, how about that? I mean, uh, I mean, that's. Oh uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would most certainly get a, a a tattoo if this thing IPO'd. Okay, but a unicorn. I mean, yeah. you, you kind of okay. Just making sure you kind of skipped out. You said a tattoo. I would make it like the, the like the unicorn emoji or something like you know. <laughs> I mean, why not? I'm down. I'll do it. I mean, I'm not going to make anything from Mobile Monkey, but I would be willing to come and get a tattoo with you, and then that would be <laughs> awesome. And my wife would be super excited about the fact I have a, a tattoo of a unicorn because that would extremely confuse her. You know, the funny thing about unicorns is they've really jumped the shark over the last few years. Like they're like Starbucks has unicorn coffee, and you know, there's like unicorn cereal and all this nonsense but the thing i just want to say is that i was like way ahead of the curve on this one like I, I've, I've been talking about unicorns for like 12 years okay so like you're just, ahead of your time I, I just don't want people to think i'm just jumping on the bandwagon like at the last you, minute here you were an early adapter of the unicorn <laughs> that's good to know that's good to know. well you should tell starbucks like listen i if you guys want some unicorn ideas i mean i'm kind of the originator of the unicorn bringing it public anyways I mean, making it big i have no way of proving this but i suspect i may have indirectly helped bring on the global unicorn craze in some way because my audience are all marketers you know so ah, well in the same way that you've made boston extremely successful by <laughs> blessing their presence right and now their teams are winning so i think <laughs> oh, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing some parallels here i mean between the unicorns and making that for starbucks and everybody else to realize that they were missing out on something and now that boston's winning I bet you if there's anybody in New York that's listening to this right now, that they would pay you to come stay in New York so that maybe they would start winning over Boston. <laughs> yeah, you probably can't tell them that you were from Boston because that could be, oh, that's a whole nother ball of wax that you might have to deal with. But, you know, side notes. You have a unicorn tattoo and you're from Boston. You should be safe, I think. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. I'm not sure of the logistics. But we've gone off path a little bit, which is super common for my podcast because that's why it's called Shane Barker's Marketing Madness Podcast. Let's jump back on about the uh, Facebook Messenger. So, where do you think, and I'm going to say this question, I think I already know the answer, but in regards to like Facebook marketing, where do you feel most businesses are missing out? Like, what do you think is that, that one thing? And I think I know what your answer is going to be because it's pretty self-explanatory. What is it? Where, where in Facebook marketing, where do you think people are missing out? You know, I mentioned earlier that less than 1% of Facebook pages are doing anything interesting with messaging. And I just think that's a real shame because it's like you're reaching the same people on Messenger that you are through your organic and paid efforts, okay? Like, you know, the alternatives are things like Facebook ads or posting to your Facebook page, you see what I'm saying? So you can, you can reach those same people organically or using sponsored options, but at significantly cheaper, either free or very low cost. And uh, it's just never going to be any easier to do this. Like, Because like, you know, when you think of any marketing channel, like all of the uh, first mover advantage you know, like, like that's like Gary Vaynerchuk and these guys, like he's always jumping on like, I don't know, like Medium or uh, Snapchat or now he's like texting people like, you know, like yeah. it's like whoever can figure out, you know, these things first gets like a kind of a you know, unfair advantage because you, yeah. you retain that momentum and know-how and following, you know, on those yeah. platforms. So um, if you are unhappy with your Facebook ad performance or your organic Facebook performance, like you should definitely look, looking into the messenger stuff, like being able to do chat blasts to your audiences. It's kind of like sending out emails, but sending out push notifications to their messenger screens. That's very powerful. And, and um, you know, company like Mobile Monkey, it's like a really 
stupid easy way to, to do this without having to write software. And, and it's, I, I think it's amazing. So, you know, obviously, um, thank you for that opportunity to plug Mobile Monkey. I'll give you the 20 bucks afterwards, but uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take 20 bucks. I'm not, I mean, that'll, I'm actually going to put that in my uh, unicorn tattoo fund. So that's where that money would go. I'm going to put that. And then hopefully if you IPO in five years with current inflation and everything, I should probably have $35, maybe. <laughs> so then at that point, I'll, I'll be, we'll be close to getting a tattoo. I don't know if that'll be the full tattoo. Maybe it'll just be the horn, but either, we'll figure out the details later. I don't want to, I don't want to get off topic again. So mobile monkey is mainly the platform, correct? And then if somebody wants to put a campaign together, that can be done through there as well. Do you have people that you hire or how does that work? I think mobile monkey is a lot like an email marketing program, like constant contact or, or MailChimp or you can put together a list of people. You can compose messages to send and then fire them off and then get people to respond to them. So it's a very simple product. Plans range from completely free to like the unicorn version. Like that's actually the plan called. It's called Mobile Monkey Unicorn. It's just, I know, mixed metaphors and everything, but like that's what I wanted to call it. <laughs> that's like 49 bucks a month. So like they range from free to $49 and it's not, not super expensive. It's not nominal. You don't have to be like, you know, Einstein to figure this stuff out. So just, it's not a managed service. It's just a, a self-service tool. Like, a, you know, you don't use a managed service to use uh, MailChimp. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so, and it's funny. So we just started using Messenger. I was, uh, I did a speech. This was last week and we got a Messenger put together. Do you know uh, James and Craig over at ChatCloud? Oh yeah, they're the best. They're our, our, one of our top, I think they are our top, they are our top agency partner and awesome they're great guys. to work with. Yeah, yeah. We got connected with them through a, another buddy of mine, you know, the good old marketing world. And um, I was going to do this speech and anyways, we kind of working on some stuff. And so they just, man, they put together a cool little thing where I was able to give out my actual, my presentation while I was in the middle of presenting at, well, at the end. And then they, you know, bit.ly link and they were able to download and people were able to get the slides and get everybody's information. And it was super awesome. Like, cause, you know, usually when you have a presentation, it's like, you how do you get, get everybody's leads. information? Yeah. It's like, how do you, you know, you get a few people at the end that hand you some business cards and, Hey, we want to talk to you or, Hey, I want to start a software company or, you know, I want to be an influencer or whatever that, whatever the, the speech was about. And this was awesome because I physically got to see on my phone. It was like, ding, 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 ding. And you just see this and it's like, wow, that's pretty awesome. And then I actually did tell everybody that I can't believe you guys did that because now I have all your banking information. And I had a few people like pop their head up like, how did you get our banking? And I go, I'm totally kidding you guys. Like, cause they were putting in their information. It was a very, they were vulnerable and I wanted to take advantage of that on stage. And so I did. Um, and it felt pretty good. I think they were a little freaked out. And then I just told them, Hey, don't worry. It's going to be safe. I, I really have no access to your account yet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I got to get a few more things. Shane, you're supposed to like scare them after they fill up. The I know. Not, I was a little early. I probably was wild, 15, dude. 20 people that were like, ah, I'm not going to do this because this guy thinks that he's funny. So I'm not going to give him my email address. It'll be directly linked to my bank account somehow. But anyways, that's, I didn't even hack that many of them. It's a, well, it's a long story. Something I don't want to talk about on a podcast that's being recorded. But talk to us a little bit about like the strategies, like Facebook strategies, like what are some businesses that are absolutely crushing it when it comes to like their Facebook marketing strategies? Like who do you look at and go, okay, they get it. Okay. This is going to be very obnoxious, but like the one that's the best is Mobile Monkey. Like if you subscribe to Mobile Monkey, okay, I'll just like go to Mobile Monkey and then just, you know, a little chat window is going to pop up and you can start chatting with it. Just try it out. Like we've worked really hard on this. And the other thing that we do really well is like we, send out like these chat blasts like um, periodic messages to the subscriber list 
and they do really well, like, you know, 85% open rates and like 30% click rates. Like we have a really engaged audience and we have really kooky messages that we sent out. So just if you're a marketer and you're trying to kind of get some inspiration on what to be sending out, just go to Mobile Monkey and then just subscribe to our list and like to the chat list and you'll get all sorts of kooky ideas on what to do. And don't worry, you can copy all those ideas because, you know, whatever. We're just getting inspiration from other places too. So that's how that works. That's awesome. Are there any other companies other than Mobile Monkey that you can say, hey, I think these guys are also doing a great job? You know, there's a lot of companies, like rather than highlighting individual companies, I would say like there's different industries that are really using it. So like e-commerce, they use cases around like cart abandonment or upsells, you know, for Certain services companies like real estate or dentists, you know, some of the killer use cases include appointment scheduling as well as appointment reminders. So just reminding about like the dentist appointment that you signed up for or having the ability to confirm or cancel those appointments. Like it's just a way of exposing functionality that was really clunky before using just email mm-hmm. because you'd have to still call someone and be on hold and, you know, connect with somebody. And it's, it was just, those are some, some interesting use cases. And, you know, we work with literally thousands and thousands of customers in, in, in different industries do creative stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool when you come up with a new one, right? When it's kind of like, wow, that was something that worked. I mean, you're always just kind of trying to test stuff and see what your open rate is and see who you can get to respond to something. And when you do, it's always kind of nice to be able to apply that to other industries. And especially because there's, I mean, I know the chatbot thing. And like I said, it's we just started jumping on it recently. Kind of feel, you know, it's funny who I did talk to who actually loves chatbots is Jeff Bullis. I talked to Jeff and he was like, he started doing it, I want to say nine months ago or something. He has like 60,000. I don't know what the number is, but he has a, a good amount. And he was kind of one of the, I say early adapters in the sense that not that he was like the originator, but he was starting to use chatbots and he's had some great successes with it. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, that was one of the things that kind of catapulted me. You know, there's always new shiny stuff to try and chatbots been one of those things that I'm like, okay, I got to, I really got to jump into that and kind of see what's going on there. It's been, it's been awesome. I'm looking forward to kind of tightening up our, you know, what we've put together and, and kind of making it so that's really bringing in some awesome leads, but it's been good so far. It's got an exciting future ahead. Uh, there, There's going to be some merger of uh, the messaging plumbing for Instagram and WhatsApp. So pretty much everyone has either an Instagram or, an, or a WhatsApp or a messenger account. I think that was one of the reasons why the adoption has been a bit slow because like it's not as ubiquitous as email, but yeah, now it's, it'll get bigger and I think it'll be a, a big thing next year. Yeah, 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 I'm excited about that. Yeah, I know that I know Facebook's like to kind of tighten some stuff up and make it all one platform, which will be, or at least make it accessible through, you know, through all the different platforms. Yeah. So how would you like, if I'm looking at this and I'm, okay, I'm a, a marketer and I'm a brand and I say, okay, well, like how do I figure out like the ROI of your, your Facebook marketing campaigns? I mean, I know there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but what would you say, like, if I'm looking at ROI and I'm a client, it's like, how would I look at this and say, know that I was successful through either a chatbot or through the actual campaigns? You know, Facebook marketing is still direct response marketing. It's not like buying billboards and stuff like this. So you should be looking at it from, you know, your cost per lead or cost per sales. And you should be able to, to attribute all that stuff because like the clicks from your chat, you can tag them, you know, just like like how you tag clicks from, from ads. And it's not really fundamentally different from how 
you would track the ROI from, you know, your existing Facebook or, or, or market. Gotcha. AdSense or anything like that. Yeah, because yeah. it's directly tied in. How does that work with chatbots? Because you said it's usually obviously either inexpensive or free. And then I guess you just tie that back into, and then obviously, like you said, you can tag that in your actual, in, in the back end of Facebook in regards to the ad platform. And you can see this is how many leads came in through the chatbot. Is that also done, is it done through Mobile Monkey or is that something that's actually tied in through Facebook? No, it's just, it depends on how you're using the product. Like you can use Mobile Monkey for Facebook ads, in which case all that data ad performance would be sent back to Facebook ads. You see what I'm saying? But if, if you were using just using Mobile Monkey as just a purely organic thing, then uh, you'd have to log into Mobile Monkey and see how you, how the different campaigns were doing. But it's typically in marketing because there's more stuff to do than time to execute on every idea. Typically, you end up with sort of like a relativistic comparison. Like, so you're like, well, it's not like hard to compute the absolute ROI. And so what's often done is you kind of compare like, well, I spent this much money and time on on this effort over here, but then I spent the same amount of time on this other effort here in messaging and it generated like 10 times more value or something. So like, yeah. that's kind of a, like a shortcut to prove the value to yourself is just to compare it to the work that you're doing in other in channels and see how this works. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you got to look at the foundation of stuff you've done in the past and compare it to the new stuff you're doing and see if it makes sense. Exactly. And then typically when you do that kind of comparative stuff, it's like, you know, 20 to 100 times more engagement than like posting stuff to your Facebook wall. Like that, that drives me crazy. Like people spend all this time and energy, like posting stuff to their wall and it's just, it's just never going to really generate anything, you know? Because the edge rank, they're always, the algorithms are going to, I mean, the thing is it'll never be what it was originally, right? And then, so they, unless you want to pay, right? You pay to play and then you can, and then it'll open up for you. Yeah. So as we talk about that, like Facebook, and what do you think is going to be like, let's say we we're talking in you know, 2020 in regards to Facebook marketing, what do you think the major changes are going to be with Facebook? Uh, well, re-engagement is likely to become a sponsored kind of a program, you know, like to do blasting. There is a kind of a paid ad format called sponsored messaging. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like in Facebook ads, I can spend money to, instead of showing ads in the newsfeed, I can spend money to blast messages to my subscribers. So, you know, that's sort of their... In how they work, Facebook, they always start out by offering something organically, you know, and also and also paying through paid engagement, you know, and um, I expect more of that to shift towards paid, uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm saying like, you know, you should really be playing around with this stuff today as opposed to like next year in 2020. So that's one of the big changes that I would expect. Beyond that, the other big change is just like being able to message users of other Facebook platforms like like WhatsApp and, and Instagram. So that, that's pretty huge. Yeah, that's going to definitely open up some things, right? That's going to talk about that's quite an audience there once you tie those three together. Yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone who would ever buy something from you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what are your tools like? What are the tools you can't live without? Like, you know, as a marketer and and obviously not, not necessarily the software side, but as a marketer, what are the like the three or four tools you're like, I, if I didn't have these, I would be you know, I'd be homeless or something, or I would like be, I don't know, I'd be like a unicorn with no vision or something like that. Well, I use, uh, you know, Google Analytics and Facebook ads and Facebook analytics pretty much every day. We use, for content marketing, I use uh, SEMrush. And for managing my team and doing marketing stuff, Zoom is something I use every day, which we're using right now. You know, those are probably my top four. Yeah, I know we use, well, those are all, we, I mean, obviously use Zoom. We've, I've liked that for training my team. You know, another one that I've used, use it a lot for my team because I have a, do you have a full remote team? 
No, no, no. Uh, they're all mostly in Boston, and we have a few uh, key contributors in, you know, other cities. But we're, I'd say, the majority is located here. And then, how many people do you have at your, the company right now for Mobile Monkey? Oh, uh, we don't publish that number, but it's oh. yeah, it's it's uh, you know, good amount. Okay, good amount. I got it. How many unicorns would that be? No, I'm just kidding. Um, just kidding. So yeah, okay. So that's cool. So you guys and you guys are there in Boston, all remote. So my team's all remote. We use um, Loom which is, uh, you know, once again, oh, yeah, it's recording yeah. quick little videos and kind of throwing around. I think I have like 900 Loom videos. Like I was one of the original, not original guys, but I just started, I use it all the time because it's so much easier to just to send a quick video than to try to respond back to stuff. So I'm like, I pump those things out like no other. Yeah, our support, our customer success organization uses that heavily. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. So what's ahead, man? I mean, obviously I know you, Mobile Monkey's what, about a year, year and a half old? Yep. Okay. We're the fastest growing Facebook Messenger marketing platform and, I have uh, ambitions to, you know, grow this thing, hopefully to be an enormous business. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. And, you know, hopefully uh, we'll, you know, try an IPO in the next decade or something like that. You know, I never know what, what what's going to happen. But like the thing that I learned is you have to really, you have to kind of project like some kind of a spectacular outcome and, and really believe in it. Because uh, when I started WordStream, I never never really realized that it would be a, as big as it turned out to be. So, so yeah. in hindsight, I'm like kicking myself for not dreaming bigger. Dreaming bigger. Yeah. I know, right. I mean, that's, so. it's your, well, and I think it is manifesting what you want, right. And seeing that. And, and I think that some people believe in that some people don't, I'm a big believer in that of like, Hey, if I, if I can see it, if I can really truly believe it, then I mean, then you're, you're going to be 10 times more likely. I mean, I think it's the same thing, like medically cancer, all kinds of stuff. I don't think people realize like if you think you can beat something, you can, when you realize you, when you've given up and you can't beat it, or you think you can't beat it, then you can't. Right. So it's just one of those deals. I think if you, you want to IPO and you want to go unicorn status, then put a unicorn in every slide on your presentation for God's sake. All right. I mean, I'm like, getting away of progress. <laughs> I think the mind game is, you know, two thirds of the oh, yeah. people underestimate the power of the mind. I mean, we use what is like 7% or something, 8%. I think I use like four or something. So I'm like way below <laughs> average, but I mean, that's just me. You know, it is what it is. Speaking of not using brain cells. So what do you do to recharge yourself? I mean, other than work, cause obviously you sold your company for 150 million and you took like seven minutes off and then you came back on. Like, what do you do to recharge, man? What do you do? Like, do you have downtime or is it like Larry Kim? Are you always in six gear or what's the deal? No, I, uh, I spend money on like stupid mobile video games and stuff like that. So that's probably my big time waster, I would say. Yeah. So you are you a geek at heart? Do you feel like you're probably like... Uh, define geek. Is that like... Um, I think geek's a good thing. Like, I mean, growing up, I remember geek was a, like not a bad thing, but if you're like, oh, you're a geek. I'm like, oh, I'm not a geek. And now I'm like, yeah, I kind of geek out on some stuff. Like, I don't know. Like to me, it's like, I don't play a lot of video games, but I just think of like the idea of a geek is like... I don't know. I feel like it's come full circle. I feel like it's like kind of cool to be a geek because you're kind of like doing some cool stuff and you can kind of play video. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of like have fun with it and have a good life, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think being an entrepreneur is today like the equivalent of being in the 90s saying that you were in a band. Like it was like, uh, it's like, I have a band. It's like, I have a company, I have a startup. Uh, I, you know what else was another big one is that I'm a real estate investor. That was a big one that I used to hear all the time. I'm a real estate investor. I'm like, just because you bought a house doesn't make you a real estate investor. Let me go ahead and define this. Cause that just cause you bought one house doesn't mean you're investing. You invested, you're not an investor. So we get that obviously, cause I do the real estate thing as well. And so it's like, when I, when people say that, I'm like, mm, that's kind of cute. Like I, you know, but I appreciate it. it. It gives you a purpose and you feel like you're, you know, real estate investor. Cause I bought a house 10 years ago. And I'm like, Hey, you just keep investing, buddy. You're doing good. Head in the right direction for sure. 
So, okay, so you like little video, you like games and stuff like that. You like a little bit of YouTube action. So what do you do? Like, with, do you travel? I know, do you like, what's your favorite travel destination? You like to go in a certain place? Oh, yeah, yeah. My family and I go to, we go to Maui two or three times a year. Uh, I got married there. So that's, it's kind of where our adventure began. And we just went there a couple months ago. So that's great. Maui to me is incredible in the sense that like everything. So I've been a lot of places worldwide. And the only reason why I'm telling you that is because I went to Maui and every single night is like a postcard. Like every single, like, like everything you look at, look, it could be a postcard. Like every sunset is amazing. Every sunrise is amazing. Every, like everything the place is like, it was like God spent a little extra time with his paintbrush on Maui. Like I just, I was thoroughly, I couldn't like my iPhone, I think I like maxed out the space. Like my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like taking a picture of everything. Cause this is like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see this again. Like I'm a huge fan of Maui, huge, huge fan. Yeah. I hope to, I hope to retire there. Like, you know, I need to finish like two more businesses, but you know, that's where I hope to end up. You want to do two more businesses? That's your goal? A three total. So this is my second one. And then, you know, I'm still like young, so I, I, I can do this stuff, but uh, I want to work forever. So so it's it's like oh, forever is a long time, you know, so um, there's plans in the works to buy a place there and, you know, but not not yet. I hear you. Cool. So you go to Hawaii three times. Have you, okay. So you've ever been other places. So this is, I'm going to ask you, this is more like a personal thing. I've never been any place other than Maui, like the big Island. I haven't been to any other spot. Are there any other spots? Are you guys all Maui or bust? Oh no, I've been there maybe 20, 25 times to different locations. And, um, you know, Maui is the best, uh, like objectively speaking, if you're looking to, you know, find some other place other than Maui, maybe, uh, I would suggest Kauai. So that's, uh, that's it's kind of uh, really rustic and you know very like what you were describing about like yeah. the extra brush strokes or whatever. Uh, that's kind of uh, definitely the case for Kauai. That's what I've heard. In fact, that my wife and I were just talking about this like a week ago. She's like, I think that's the next spot. So I just put that on on my map and. I'm going into Marriott. I'm going to go and try to finagle them for some kind of a deal to get me out there. Or something, I don't know. We'll work something like that. Or try to find some speaking event that somebody will pay for me to come on out. I don't know. We'll work something out in the middle. But There's one in the south. It's uh, Poipu. And then there's one in the north. It's uh, it's Princeville. So those are the two places that people stay in. They're both very nice. Those are the two spots. Okay. Uh, you might be getting a message from me. Well, A, you're going to message me to get the unicorn tattoo or i'll message you about some maui stuff or or Kauai or whoever if you know a good spot out there so we'll we'll keep in touch so this is now we get to this is where we get to the interesting part where if i was to give you a credit card that uh, had fifty thousand dollar limit on it where would you go max that out where would be the spot that you're like remember your wife doesn't know about this card this is this is pretty <laughs> nice right we gotta see oh, she yeah. doesn't work, right we don't want to give up 50 percent of it so this is like kind of the, the man card thing like nobody else knows so so fifty thousand dollars where would you go below all of that you know i recently started just wasting money on stupid things the places that i really ramped up spending uh let's see here I don't take Uber Pool anymore. <laughs> I, I, I used to do that to save a few Larger. bucks. Larger, and... <laughs> crazy. So you don't do the shared thing anymore. No, never. Even if it's like like fifty bucks or whatever. Like I'm like no freaking way. Yeah. I, I don't even have a car, so so I, I rely entirely on Uber. Yeah. Or Lyft. The other areas where I waste money, we got a lot of like helpers, like because like I have like two kids, so like I don't know, like cleaners and. And nannies and gardeners and, you know, just like staff, if you will, like to help you like 
you know, do uh, things. And then um, the other thing is, like, I spent a lot of money on video games, and then I can actually explain why. Uh, it's because all these video games are the same. You have to, like, you know, find all this gold and all this stuff yeah. uh, to, like, upgrade your characters and all this stuff. And the way I look at it is, this, this is just, I'm just saving time by throwing money at the problem. <laughs> like, you know, if I don't, if I don't spend all this money on these, on this equipment, <laughs> I'll just be wasting time and I'm playing this stupid game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how you justify it. No, it makes sense to me. So I'll tell you. So, and I've had a lot of friends that live, like one of my buddies lives in Scottsdale, you know, makes plenty of money to have as many cars as he wants. He does Lyft and Uber. And so that's his big thing. I think he just recently bought a, a, a Tesla because he wanted one. But the reason why I'm saying that is because when I, I am like you, I used to be, still am pretty frugal. Like I would, my brother lives in San Francisco and he's like, why did you do the shared one? I'm like, cause I saved four bucks. And he's like, who cares? Like, why, what is four bucks to you? And I'm like, I, I don't know why I just, cause I wanted to, I knew that I could save it. Like it wasn't the four bucks. I guess it kind of was the four bucks. Right. But I'll go out to Vegas and spend a hundred dollars a hand because I, yeah, you know, because yeah. I want to do that. But it's a $4 is frugal, but it's like, it's four bucks. Like I mean, my wife's looking at me like, what are you, you're what, four bucks. Who cares? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, you just have to have a, a one or two really, really bad experiences with, with it. And then, you'll, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like you're going around the city. <laughs> no, no, yeah. where you're, you're like, and you miss your whatever the thing you were hoping to get to, and then you will swear it off. Yeah. But It'll be worth the five bucks to save your life. Yeah, pretty much. That's good. You're worth it. I want you to remember that, Larry. You are worth it, my friend. <laughs> All right, so here's so this is this is the hard part, but this is where the podcast ends, man. And I know this has been a very emotional ride for you because we've had nothing but a great time. If anybody wants to get in contact with Larry Kim, how do they go about doing that? Messenger is great. You can just look up Larry Kim also on Twitter or LinkedIn or on email, Larry Kim at mobilemonkey.com. Sounds like a plan. Larry, it was fun, bud. Like I said, it's only an hour. And this is, you know, sometimes you get so connected with people. We talk about unicorns and all this fun stuff. And then we just have to come. Sometimes it comes to an end. And this is where we're at, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And congratulations on all your successful influencer marketing stuff. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. We'll be keeping in touch. Thanks for everything. Awesome. All right, bud. Take care. 